Blog Talk Radio. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear Tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. Y'all know what time it is. It's another episode of Race Chat Live. Got my partners in crime in the studio. Get them on board here in just a second. We got Miss Lee. We got Taz Taylor. We got Craig Moore all on the line here tonight. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about. How y'all doing? Y'all had a good week? Yeah, it was a busy weekend as normal, but it was a good weekend. It's been crazy at work, but, you know, same old stuff, different day. Uh, Taylor, how are you, sir? Uh, You know, another day in the paradise of upstate New York, uh, Mother Nature having some hormonal issues. Yeah, ours too, my friends. Ours too. We are already getting bugs. Uh, we go from nice, days. wonderful. We get a preview of spring, and then it's like, hey, here's like a foot and a half worth of snow about two weeks later. Yeah, but you guys realize you realize you guys are still in winter time, right? Exactly, hey. and hey. we're gonna pay oh. for those nice days, Kaz. Hey, I was enjoying the springtime. Nonsense. Well, we're enjoying the early spring as well, but unfortunately, uh, when you're in these parts, Craig can attest to it. Uh, you know, we, we're we're used to getting enough freezes to at least kill off the bug population, and um, it's going to be tough on our farmers because uh, we didn't really ever have a winter time this year. So, uh, you know, uh, we're going to dig in. Hopefully, we'll get us a late winter. Uh, and uh, cut back some of this cutting grass and stuff. Uh, but uh, all, already lawnmowers are out. What a heck of a moon we've got here in the great state of Mississippi tonight. Um, had a lot of great racing over the weekend. Of course, it was opening weekend for uh, IndyCar. It was opening weekend for uh, Formula One racing as well. Plus, they rolled the dice in Vegas. And, uh, man, we had some great racing uh, through all the classes. We raced all three, the trucks, Xfinity, as well as the Cup Series guys. Um, What you guys want to talk about? 
Where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the trucks. Yeah, so uh, Kyle Busch. I see the Yeah, it's Kyle Busch. Another uh, another victory in the Chevy. That's another failed opportunity to boo the bow. Uh, who's surprised that uh, Kyle Busch dominated? Not I. Uh, you know, it is the Kyle Busch rule, right? He, yeah. he, uh... Well, I mean, you can't necessarily boo the bow in front of you in, in your home crowd. Come on. That's right. He did win in front of his home crowd. Uh, predicted a, a three, uh, a sweep. Unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't quite work out for him. But, man, uh, so it wasn't just Kyle Busch that had a good run in that race, right, Taz? I mean, uh, you got some highlights from there? I know Zane Smith uh, took the win in the first stage. Um, that was pretty much the highlight there. Um, unfortunately for Deegan and a couple other drivers, they got a little rowdy. I think it was like in stage two. And that costed a good amount of them to wreck out. I think um, by the sound... By the looks of it, it looked like Deegan got pinched. Um, I think John Hunter Nemechek was in that situation, too. And I'm trying to think who else was involved, but uh, some good trucks that got wrecked out, unfortunately. And Carson, yeah, Holsabar, with another, Carson Holsabar with another booster of uh, confidence booster in himself. He got uh, Ethan Stage 1. And one stage two, ten when it's all said and done. And most of the time when we have a Kyle Busch race, uh, Kyle Busch dominates the whole thing. So to even have a storyline outside of Kyle Busch dominates, it it, uh, just shows the toughness that's uh, here in the truck series. Uh, I I really, I like the direction that it's gone. I I think we said a couple weeks ago, you know, we're getting, we're finally getting to see what these series look like years down the road after we cut out the cup guys. And, uh, of course, you know, there's actually drivers making names for themselves. I am kind of concerned about the Stuart Friesen team. Do you think this is because they're uh, really not getting any support from Toyota now? I mean, he was – well, they were – you know, they went to Toyota thinking that they were going to get KBM trucks. So now they're not going to be getting KBM trucks. Yeah, it makes me wonder where that alliance ended and if they picked up a new one or if they're kind of just going on their own. Because um, for a while, they've always aligned with somebody. When they were with Chevy, they aligned themselves with GMS, and it paid off for them. And we saw the, I guess you could say, the real peak of his truck series career at the moment, then switched to Toyota and aligned themselves with KBM for a bit. And, of course... Um, it's expected sometimes when you switch uh, to different manufacturers, you know, with different equipment and align yourself with a different team. Uh, and then they got used to it because then last year you saw the results that they were posting. And now this year it's with the KBM squad all the way moving over to Chevy. And I don't know what's going on over there. 
but definitely not sponsorship-wise because they're bringing in different sponsors because we're not seeing the typical Hallmark sponsor week in, week out now. Right. Well, and we just want to see uh, success from the 52 race team, and uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, this is not – this is Stewart's fourth or fifth year, right? I mean, he's been doing this a while, and, uh, you know, I think we were – on the edge of our seat, a couple of uh, a couple of years waiting for Stewart to bust out, and not, not to diminish his driving skills in a truck series. It's got to be hard uh, funding the team that he has and uh, being able to run the schedule that he does, especially on the truck series. I, I think it's done great deals for his popularity amongst the uh, dirt track world, but it just, we're just not seeing uh, the results. I think a lot of it's expected based off his early success. Uh, so it tells me that something's not quite right. I, I, I'm not going to think that it's talent, right? Uh, he did say something the other day that kind of caught me by surprise when they were interviewing him pre-race, and he said, uh, you know, they asked him about stage racing, and he was like, man, I, 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 maybe we'll just forget about stage racing and try to go out here and win a race. In other words, that was how he wanted to lock himself into the in, in, into the playoffs. And I kind of agreed with that. So I wonder if there's some trouble there between him and maybe the crew chief of the calls on the team. If it's still Trip Bruce in the in the crew chief box, I don't see how they can – well, I mean, it could be like a Johnson Canal steal where the chemistry is just not there um, in terms of on-track performance. Uh, just – it could be there, but – I don't know. Something's just missing. It doesn't look, and it could be the alliance deal, being that they may be just on their own, and now they're trying to figure out how to do things on their own without an alliance. Like I said, for the longest time that we know, they've always aligned themselves with somebody. Right. Well, that's the truth. Um, you said something about Zane Smith. Let's cover that real quick before we go into the Xfinity series. Because uh, just always, the Xfinity series did not disappoint. I heard something about Zane Smith, guys. Uh, yeah, in the truck series, I did. Yeah, what, what series, was that about did, Zane? He won. He won stage one. Uh, something happened in stage two. I don't know if the run just wasn't there, or. Um, the other trucks were just better than him at, better than him at that point because he didn't finish top ten at the end of stage two, but he did get a second place runner up finish to Kyle Busch when it was all said and done. So I'm thinking that more if, news Smith, if, if Zane Smith can, I think if Zane Smith has another, I want to say championships style season in the trucks this year. Um, I could see him being moved up to the Xfinity level. I mean, front row might say, well, we're going to move you up, but that could be going for a stretch. Well, that's going to take care of our truck news. Uh, do we have a, do we have a top 10 or anything? Or we just, I think we just need to go on to, uh, the Xfinity Series. I was trying to get it pulled up on yeah, uh, JT, I got it. but uh, Chris, hold up, I'll get it. Yes, right here. Um, 
Oh. Zane Smith with a stage one win. Carson Hosevar, stage two win. Top ten in the race. Kyle Busch with the win. Zane Smith second. Ben Rhodes third. Corey Heim fourth. Majeski fifth. Eckett sixth. Hosevar seventh. Purdy eighth. Infinger ninth. And Jake Garcia, the top ten. Uh, notables that. just outside of notables just outside of that is Crafton eleventh, uh, De Benedetto twelfth, Friesen fourteenth, and Ingram fifteenth. Yeah, well, that is the news for the truck series, and we'll have uh, more updates on them. When's the next race pass? Um, believe it or not, it won't be too long because uh, it'll be St. Patty's weekend at Atlanta. Ah, so they're off this week, and they'll show up at Atlanta. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Let's move on over to Xfinity News at Las Vegas. I saw four wide racing, man. Uh, wow. Josh Berry got in trouble early. Uh, Shamler Smith dominated. Austin Hill picked up the win. John Hunter Nemechek, another strong run. Uh, it doesn't look like the Dale Jr. cars, Jr. Motorsports, is as strong this year as what they were last year. Uh, bring it to the table, guys. Craig, we hadn't heard much from you. I know he said his connection was bad, so... Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, Austin Hill picks up a late rally win. Miss Lee, did you get the race? Chris, did you say something about Junior yes. Motorsports not really showing up? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, they're... I mean... What did they want? I didn't Two really of the, the... Last... <laughs> I didn't get the... I personally didn't watch the Xfinity race, and I didn't get a chance to catch the highlights. But from what I'm seeing in terms of results, I don't think they did as bad as it seems. I mean, stage one, they got two cars, with with one of them getting a runner-up finish in the top ten of stage one. Stage two, they got uh, another two in stage two with another runner-up finish. And in the race, they got uh, three of their cars in the top ten with the second, fifth, and seventh. Yeah, I think it's a little bit early in the season to be to be making such a a claim against JRM that they're not showing up yet. I, you know, they've, okay. they've been pretty strong past few races, and it's you know it's early yet. Outside of Justin Algar, I just, you know, Josh Berry is now going to have his hands full, similar to what we've seen Ty Gibbs with uh, when he was doing the substitution. I know Gregson as well. So I'm not sure if you're going to get the full 100% commitment out of Josh Berry. It's not that he doesn't want to. It's just, you know, he's not used to juggling that much uh, at one time. So I have a feeling that this is going to put pressure on that team. Brandon Jones still getting adjusted. Sam Mayer, that guy is, he, I mean, he's hot and cold. Uh, he is one minute, the guy, you know, it looks like he's got it. The next minute, you know, he's back there throwing hands with the uh, 20th place finishers. So, uh, um, you know, just going to keep our eye on junior motorsports. Now, you've got to remember, guys, the dominant team that this team has been over the last several years. It seems like RCR is kind of caught up. It seems like some of these other teams, are, you know, Think about last year. Colleague Grayson wasn't that hot all year. I mean, they Chandler Smith 
should have won that race. Uh, you know, uh, he lost it on the last lap to a loose race car. Um, but, um, you know, Riley Hurst now, had a good run, sixth place run. Uh, now this, go ahead, Miss Lee. Now, Chris, with you saying that, with you saying that, it makes me bring up the question. And you look at, you say last year, Colleg wasn't all that, um, wasn't all that strong. Are you seeing that in the fact that it was basically AJ Allmendinger and then the rest of Collins? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because like AJ I mean, Dinger carried that team. Dinger ran all but the this way year, to the final four, right? So now they don't have this, that. Well, this year it seems like Collins might have something together. I mean, I know they, I know Landon Castle had to back down from a full time to a part time schedule because of uh, sponsorship or lack of sponsorship, unfortunately. But it seems like they showed up overall as a team here uh, for Las Vegas. I mean, Chandler Smith, Daniel Hemrick, Kyle Busch all scored stage one points. Uh, Stage two, uh, two out of the three did it. And in the final race, uh, all three in the top ten with two of them finishing in the top five. I mean, it is expected of Kyle Busch in that sense, but the other two drivers seems like they're pulling something. Well, and that's true, too. But, I mean, if they were at the top of their game, I believe Kyle Busch would have probably ran a little bit better than what he did. I'm trying to see where he finished then. Uh, Kyle Busch finished fourth. Why is it saying Parker Ratcliffe on my official started car number 31? Yeah, it's not showing. I don't know why. So on the official rundown, what car number was he in? 16. Or no, the 10. Sorry, 10. Chandler Smith is a 16. Got Justin Haley in the 10 car. I'm not sure why. That is weird. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. I am. Hot diggity dog. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm, uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Chandler no wonder he was showing Chandler finished eighth. I was like, wait a minute, he got passed on the last lap. Did he fall that far back? Now we got the race results. So it looks like uh, Austin Hill picked up the win. That's two wins already for Austin Hill. Justin Alger finished second. Chandler Smith finished third. Kyle Busch finished fourth. Josh Berry fifth. Oh, Josh Berry did a nice rebound. I'm not going to lie, y'all knew I was at the racetrack Saturday night. So I had to watch the race at 2 o'clock in the morning. And then I turned it off and I rewatched it again uh, the very next morning. Now, Sheldon Creed, was that wrecked this week or was that wrecked last week where he saved the shit out of that car? Because I, I, I recorded for the jar. But, uh, last that was a wicked wreck. That was, yeah, I guess that was at California. So, wow. Um, any other Xfinity news that we need to uh, bring to the table? I've seen that Carson Postovar uh, gets a five-race deal. For the Xfinity series. Um, the only other thing I can mention is John Hunter Nemechek with a stage one win, Austin Hill stage two win, and then the top ten is Austin Hill with the win, Allgaier second, Chandler Smith rounds out the podium, Kyle Busch and Josh Berry round out the top five, John Hunter Nemechek, Sam Mayer, Riley Hurst, Sheldon Creed, and Daniel Hemrick. Round out the top ten. Some notables outside of there. Uh, 
Cole Custer in 12th, Tyler Reddick 13th, um, Brandon Jones somehow finished all the way down to 21st, and that's pretty much about it. Oh, I should mention, Parker Kligerman put a really small team nearly in the top 10 when it was all said and done. And the 48 team. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's doing a good job in that in that in that car. All right. Well, that's the Xfinity news, and we will race on over to the Cup Series side, where they once again raced at Las Vegas. Uh, some could say if you read the stat sheet, it was a snooze fest. I seen quite the opposite. Uh, we can't wait to discuss that. Of course, breaking news on Friday, just before. Uh, the drivers were to, port, were to report, the cup drivers were to report to the Speedway. Uh, it was announced that Chase Elliott uh, would not be in the car this weekend uh, based off an incident that happened uh, in Utah. He had an accident on a snowboard. Of course, we didn't find that out right away. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, being that this is post-COVID, uh, these guys, they, these teams have, uh, you know, a planned uh, set in front of them of what to do if they have a driver that's, uh, that's not going to race. So uh, Josh Berry got the call. He was uh, seated for the number nine, Napa Auto uh, Care Machine, and uh, he had not had any simulation time. Never been in a cup car uh, and was given the call. Uh, we'll discuss that here in just a little bit. Uh, but so William Byron, Joey Logano, first of all, sat on the pole. I thought, guys, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later too, that Ford had it in gear, right? I mean, Joey Logano sits on the pole, uh, but that's not kind of how it is. The Fords looks pitiful. Can't wait to talk about that and a whole lot more. We are glad that you guys are listening to Race Chat Live. We got Miss Lee here, we got Taz Taylor here, and Craig Moore uh, may need more cell phone service. So um, we'll be seeing if we can ever get a hold of him. He's probably recovering from his outing for Bike Week. Uh, I'm sure he's just working off a few hours sleep anyway. Uh, let's see. Top ten, Daniel Suarez. All right. Kevin Harvick, a good run for the SHR team. I believe, uh, well, Austin Sendrick was the best finishing forward. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Justin Haley had a strong top ten finish. Eight, Martin Truex, seventh. Austin Sendrick, sixth. Christopher Bell in the top five. Bubba Wallace. I mean, does the guy not get enough credit, right? Bubba Wallace finished fourth. Alex Bowman, third, Kyle Larson, second, William Byron, and the first spot, a clean sweep on the front three uh, by, by Hendrick Motorsports. Surprise, surprise, Hendrick Motorsports dominated the affair. Uh, thoughts or comments? We'll start with you, Miss Lee. I'm not surprised to see Hendrick do, get one, two, three at all. And did you see the error that Logano's car got coming off that grass over the asphalt back onto the grass. That was something else. 
Yes, ma'am. He jumped over a basketball. Looks like the Dukes of Hazard jumping over a uh, river. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good call. Um, yeah, I'm getting this a whole lot. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, any other storylines that y'all want to take from the Xfinity? Um, I know we've got plenty of hot topics to talk about. Well, once we go with, into our next segment, was it a good race? Well, since, I mean, since uh, we're on the since we're on the Hendrick. Uh, the Hendrick deal in Vegas. Um, it doesn't surprise me with how they performed. I, maybe I'm a little, I'm a tad bit shocked, not a whole lot, with um, William Byron. Bowman, I'm not surprised being that he won this race last year. And I'm not surprised with Larson either. I should have known with the bad week he had last week. Um they were going to come swinging and guns and blazing this week. Um, I should have known. And, hey, it kind of bit me. I went with the Ford, and we're going to obviously talk about that in a bit. But, unfortunately, it is what it is. But, like I and I said this all day today. Like, I should have known. Larson just came back to redeem himself from last week because he knew last week that should have been his race. Or at least be competitive with Kyle Busch. Well, Brad Keselowski and the RFK team, they had a strong outing as well. I think that that's one to mention. Uh, RFK was hitting on something. I think uh, Bob Pitt stopped, put him back behind the ball. Again, didn't really see much of Busher. I'm not sure if Busher was caught in an early incident or what. It is. It, I, I've noticed a trend here uh, with, with the broadcasting booth. There was an incident. Of course, I picked Christopher Bell this week, and uh, the, it was a it was a strategy, and I think I figured out very fairly well uh, by doing that. But if y'all remember, about twenty or well before the last pit stop, Christopher Bell had started sinking back towards the back, and like I knew it because I'm following the guy. Like you know, I see, see Joey Logano fall off. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm gonna make some points up, right? And so then Bell just starts falling down the grid. Well, it took a good 30 laps before anybody even mentioned the fact that Bell had a vibration and was actually backing off. And so he comes down pit row uh, on the last caution there, makes up a whole bunch of ground, and then and then has a solid finish. So the week before, William Byron obviously had issue. He was completely gone off the speed chart and not a mention. So, uh, you know, I mean, if we can't get some – Decent broadcast, and I love Mike Joy, man, but I really think he's got his hands full just trying to keep Clint Boyer pointed in the right direction. Danica looked freaking high the whole – I mean, she she didn't even come out of the box strong. She was uh, – I don't know if she was having allergies. I don't know if she was having allergy issues or what, but, uh, man, I don't think they drug test the broadcasters, but maybe they should. Miss Lee, you got a good laugh out of that. I know you got something to say. I'll wait till we talk about hot topics. <laughs> okay. Well, it is not far down the line. As a matter of fact, we're just a minute away uh, from the hot topic segment. Uh, is there anything that uh, we need to add to uh, this past weekend before we get into the hot topics? Uh, 
I did not hear from you guys on whether or not you thought uh, that it was a good race. I thought it was well, a great race. I've I seen flipping and sliding. I've seen some tire wear off. I've seen some pit strategy. I mean, I really, on a scale of one to five, I would have given the race a, a three and a half to a four. I mean, uh, at least on an A-B scale, at least a B. Yeah, but you notice how, now, I did not watch the entire truck race, I'll admit. So I don't know how that fared. But do you notice that both the Xfinity race and the Cup race came down to the green-white checkered and a last-lap pass? Yes, and that's what you want in racing, right, Ms. Lee? I mean, that you can have a dull-ass 499 laps. 499 miles. But if that last mile gets you a side-by-side and pass for the lead, you have to say it's a good race, right? I mean, because that's what you're there for. I mean, you go to a drag race and 90% of the racing is, you know, between the tree and, and, you know, guys are just stepping out on others. But then you get that one race in the entire event where they're both side-by-side to the start-finish line. That's what you want to see on the last lap, and that's what we got from two of the main races. So um, kudos to NASCAR and the fans there. I mean, there's nobody who benefits more than the fans at the racetrack uh, when they're standing on, the, you know, standing at their seats, uh, rubbernecking to the start-finish line. So uh, definitely. Uh, some notables real quick. Ty Gibbs, 22nd place finish. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse, back where he belongs in the cellar at 24th. Um, Josh Berry, his debut, he had some issues. But, hey, man, once he got midway through the race, you really started seeing a pattern. Uh, and he started to get it. He started click, clicking off good lap times. A lot for that young man to, to – well, young man, the older rookie – uh, stepping into a car for the very first time. Uh, Noah Gregson, 30-place finish, looking like that 42 car, maybe the same crappy car it was uh, with Todd Dillon. Uh, Eric Jones got a solid 19th-place finish. Um, another, oh, Tyler Reddick finally top 15 finish. You know, probably my biggest surprise, uh, you know, first of all, Bubba Wallace, top five, right? I mean, that that should be an area of topic. Um, and, and Austin Sendrick and Justin Haley. Kevin Harvick in the SHR, this is his final run, so you want to see him have good runs at these types of places. Denny Hamlin, 11th place. Toyota, the best place finisher was Bubba Wallace with Christopher Bell behind him. Toyota had one, two, three drivers in the top ten. So outside of that, uh, anything else? Y'all want to hit real quick? I'm good. All right. Well, that'll get us into our stat of the week segment. Uh, Taz Taylor, I believe we have a stat of the week, right? Well, Miss Lee beat me to the stat of the week, but we can let her take over. Oh, gee, thanks. Now I got to go back and look it up. <laughs> we were talking about uh, the the actual stat was um, uh, from Adam Stern. Fox got 3.991 million viewers for Sunday's NASCAR race. 
down from 4.54 something million last year and compared it to the um, IndyCar and F1 races. Oh, let's see here. I pulled up the wrong one. But the major markets, NASCAR uh, was Greensboro, Charlotte, Indy, Vegas, and Tampa. IndyCar was Indy, Tampa, Cleveland, Hartford, and Milwaukee. And F1 was Hartford, Philly, Norfolk, Sacramento, and Tampa, which is kind of interesting. We had a lot of Democratic areas in that uh, Formula One category. So uh, yeah, no that's, that's kind of weird. And look, we made the charts with Vegas. We made the charts with Vegas. So Las Vegas, the community of Las Vegas, was interested in watching the race that was right down the road. Imagine that, right? Um, to That means that we have a solidified group of fans within the Las Vegas community. That That's great. That's good news because that's a big market. Like, that's a big traveling market. It's not a big city, but it's a big traveling market. Anybody from around the United States, if anybody, goes to Vegas, right? So uh, no telling who was in Vegas actually watching the race. That, that just That's a good sign. We were in the California market and didn't get a single California state twice. We, weren't, we didn't get right. a single top five in the, in the California market. We go to Las Vegas, all of a sudden we're in the market. So that's great. That, that's, a good, that's a good sign. And maybe a lot so, of it has to do with Kyle Busch being from Las Vegas. And Kyle Busch has definitely uh, strung off uh, some viewership in the last few weeks. Right. So the other, the other um, stat compared um, NASCAR with, with the other races, NASCAR got 3.991 million viewers. Uh, ESPN got 1.318 million for the F1 opener. And NBC got 1.189 million for IndyCar opener. And those all three were down from the previous year. Down a half a million uh, for next year. But that, that could be one. Once again, in the viewership through streaming. Go ahead, Taz. I'm sorry. I saw something. Um, I think it was from a YouTuber known as uh, Black Flags Matter. He made a comment on the viewership that was down. Um, down. No, oh, yeah. The NASCAR viewership down 12.2% compared to last year's uh, average viewers on Fox. Um he believes it could be the Chase Elliott effect because Chase was out. I can see I that. How much y'all want to, I don't buy that. that. I mean, I, I can see some legitimate. It's the sports most popular driver. Uh, I could see a slight fall off, a 25% fall off of viewership because your number one most popular driver uh, is not in the race. And, and you know what? I've heard people call that uh, rigged thing, and it was even said on our uh, Facebook page uh, that they believe that it's a rigged deal and, 
he's my father, so y'all please forgive him. Um, no, I agree I with that. Nice to... <laughs> Your father's a smart man. <laughs> I agree. That, that that fan thing is is rigged. Well, I mean, he 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 is the most popular driver, so I, I'm not sure who would be. Uh, we should go to Talladega, and you'll find out real quick who the hell the most popular driver is. And, and it's not. It's it, 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 his name starts with a C. His first name starts with a C, and his last name starts with an E. So uh, his father was the most popular driver all the way up to Dale Jr. Um, I don't know. If Kyle Busch gets it this year, I think uh, we can all laugh at it. But let's get into hot topics because we're running a little bit behind already, man. We're already running behind. Uh, Not enough time in the day, right? Uh, Let's see. So the first hot topic out of the door, of course, is Chase Elliott's injury, right? Um, There's so many different variables. I mean, this, this this whole thing, like, what I love about sports is we may not have a storyline coming into this week, and then it's all hell bust loose, right? And we have a major storyline with Chase Elliott out of nowhere getting hurt out of the number nine car. Um, there's many variables to this. I believe I shared uh, some uh, some pointers on where we can kind of start with. Uh, let's see, where is that at, right? Um uh, crap, where's it at? Injury replacement, impact on the crew yeah. and team, and impact on uh, the sport in general. Yeah, so the injury, of course, a broken tubular. Uh, it's generally a five- to six-week uh, recovery process before you're able to uh, – actually, it's a long, a lot longer process to heal that type of injury. Uh, but you know what? able and to be getting – I'm going to tell you, Chris, it's, it's going to be a lot longer. They probably had to put screws and possibly a plate in there, and he's not only going to have to heal from that, but there's there may or may not be a second surgery to remove said screws and plates, and then you've got all the physical rehab, and this is the nurse in me coming out. I don't think six weeks is reasonable. Yeah, I mean, look, football players are out eight to nine months with this injury. Uh, Tony Stewart, I think, was gone what a half a season uh, when uh, he when he was in because I believe it happened just a week before the Daytona 500, uh, where he was in his uh, uh, sand sand buggy, doom buggy uh, wreck, and it, it broke, I believe, the, the similar bone. Uh, and Tony Stewart. So, you know, uh, can he get in and out of the car in five to six weeks? There is a possibility. Uh, will he be at his best? Probably not. Will it cost him a championship? Absolutely not. Uh, NASCAR has got this stupid thing called a waiver, and the guy can literally miss the whole season and come back one race to go, win that race, and then he's bidded for the playoffs, which I am, which this right here just shows exactly how ludicrous the playoff system is. Because how in the hell can a driver miss six damn weeks and then still be in contention for a championship? 
when your star quarterback goes down in the NFL, you have to struggle to try to make the playoffs. And, and you know what, Nick Foles, hey, you want a, you want a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles as a backup quarterback. Great for that guy. You name me another backup damn quarterback that won, uh, well, wait a minute, Tom Brady. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm digging a little hole there because I just said the GOAT's name, and I didn't really think about it before I said it. But, hey, I mean, who else in this panel believes it's ridiculous that Chase Elliott's going to miss all the time off and then he can still go and possibly win a championship? Is that fair to the other guys? Starting with you, Miss Lee. You know, you've got precedent, okay, Kyle Bush. And how many, I, I don't know the number, but, you know, how much of the season did he miss? But, quite a bit, I think, in nine weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, but the difference being that was a racing related incident and you know we can argue about that all we want um i liked the uh um chart that kaz showed about waivers and i will repost that in our chat but um you know i'm i'm just i'm not convinced that chase and yes he is you know he's young He's in good health. He's a good physical specimen, um, you know, so maybe he can rec- recover a little more quickly. But I just think that they're being overly optimistic about, you know, how quickly he's going to get back in the car. Taz, what's your thoughts? Um, I know one thing, before I give my thoughts, I know one thing. On the injury side. Um, I saw, yeah, I know one thing I saw with, uh, with Chase's injury that I saw with NASCAR uh, reporting is, I believe it's the competition director. They said they're not even um, going to look at processing a waiver. They're not even going to think about it until he's 100% medically cleared. Um, so right now, this this waiver that we can discuss now probably won't even matter Um for God knows however long it is. If it's really the six weeks, it's the six weeks. But it, who knows? It depends on how quickly he heals up. But they're not looking it's at a waiver. It's mighty strange that they threw out that you don't have to be in the top 30 rule because that would, if he were to miss enough races, then he wouldn't qualify even by winning a race in the top 30. And also what this rule contradicts is the fact of in order to make the chase, you have to start every race. And I feel like that should, that should be the rule because when you're injured, that just takes you out of play, and that's part of the game. It's like, it's like we're handing you a handout. We're giving you a welfare ticket. We're, we're, we're basically saying it's okay to miss all these races because we don't want you racing hurt. So we're still going to give you a chance to go race in the, in the playoffs. Instead of saying, no, Chase, you can't race in the playoffs, but you can go and dominate the damn thing and give us plenty to talk about. You see, you're not giving us anything to talk about when he makes the chase, and then he doesn't even really do anything. and gives us zero to talk about. So, I don't know. He's the face of 
NASCAR, I know that they're going to write the waiver. It's unfortunate of his injury. Um, and, and, you know, if you hear what Kevin Harvick said, he's all for uh, drivers being able to go out here and do that, do that type of thing. He says that they need a, a, a proper time to release uh, or the sport itself will drive them crazy. I'm more on Craig's side. Look, if I'm paying you a whole bunch of damn money, you do that when it's not going to affect the race season. You go break your leg in November. Don't be – I almost said a really bad word. Don't be messing around the the day before a race. The day before a race. It just, you know, it just uh, just doesn't sit well with me. Anybody else have anything that pertains to the injury? Well, you know, okay. Go ahead, Nicholas. So you say that, Chris. You know, don't go doing other things outside of racing. But what about the guys that are racing in other series, like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell doing their dirt stuff? And, you know, to me, that is, I have a problem with it, but it's not that much different than Chase going snowboarding and getting hurt. Well, I think what it does is like a, a once again a unique quarterback, right? Ben Roethlisberger was in a was in a motorcycle wreck, right? And the Pittsburgh Steelers got pissed off. They're like, Ben, you don't need to be on a motorcycle because it can it can ruin our football season. Uh, there's a lot of money on the face of NASCAR, and it's Chase Elliott. We just saw a half a million people not watch, and none of y'all want to admit. Well. It don't have nothing to do with Chase not being there. It really does. It really does. Taz, dig me out of this hole, man. Well, I'm going to – I understand the point of where you and Craig are on the side of, um, you know, if you're going to be paid millions of dollars – to be in a race car for basically every now with the, how the schedule is built, basically every week from what well, from basically February to about October and November, um, you need to figure out how to make things work. But at the same time, I'm actually on the side of Miss Lee on this deal. Um, how can you help? I mean, you can you can build your craft in the sense if you just focus on NASCAR, but how can you better your craft even more if you don't, say, try something different outside of what you already do? And that's where well, Kyle Larson racing, running different races comes into play. Um, I mean, Bell used to, but no, now he no longer does because um, with the passing of Foy um, last November – and being Christopher Bell's voice in that matter, Joe Gibbs pretty much told him, nope, you're only doing NASCAR, and if you do anything outside of that, see you later. Well, I mean, look at it this way, and I, and this is why Chris and I love to di- agree to disagree because we actually agree on this one. I don't care what form of racing you're doing. You have no business doing anything else. Racing on dirt isn't going to help you race asphalt. 
two differently tired, tired different disciplines. You go out and get hurt on a dirt track because you want to go out and have fun. I'm paying you twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year to wheel my cup car. Your ass better be in my cup car every every Sunday. Hell and yeah. if you can't Good do it or you is- don't want to commit, or you don't want to commit, then you don't need to be on my team. Point blank. Yeah, them sponsors don't want to okay, take a picture Craig. with you in a cab. So, excuse me. So, okay, Craig, your boss tells you you're too important to be driving a motorcycle. He needs you and doesn't need you wrecking. No, you're not racing, but... What if your employer decided to tell you that you can't drive a motorcycle? I like this. Well, I like this. I like where it's going. Yeah, but two of them ride, so they probably wouldn't. Playing devil's they advocate here. I mean, she's throwing the what if in there. There are so many no, points. I agree with you. And then if I would have the to reconsider it. I probably wouldn't let him know I went riding in Daytona this week. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think we knew that Chase Elliott was going snowboarding this weekend either and I'm sure Mr. H didn't either but the fact of it is is I don't mind the racing side right Craig Moore I think, I think that's where I have to draw the line I understand these racers want to race right and that's, that's just something that they do and hey they're, they're, they're appeasing sponsors doing that you're not appeasing sponsors by, driving, by riding a motorcycle by hiking up mountains, you're not appeasing a sponsor by riding snowboards or or snowmobiles. I mean, Ken Block just got killed a few weeks ago, less than a month ago, for driving a snowboard. I mean, for driving a snowmobile, right? Ken Block drives the shit out of Mustang. Who the hell would have thought he would have got killed driving a snowmobile? Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Rustled crocodiles and got killed by a stingray. Shit happens, right? But but why put yourself in those situations when you know sponsors are leaning heavy on you? Look, I honestly don't think that Chase respects where he is in the place of his God-given talent and popularity within the sport. And neither did Dale Jr. And Dale Jr. tells you that almost every day in 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 this in this era. He was not prepared for the fame and fortune that he got in his time of popularity. He was not prepared for it. And I believe as we move on to the next topic next side of this topic, because we, we got into other topics as well. I believe that uh, this will be a, uh, an awakening to Mr. Chase Elliott that, hey, you know, look how quickly this can go away. Any other any other closing on that variable? Because we've got three more variables to get to, along with several more. All right. So I'm going to comment on Craig's deal. And that is because Alex Bowman, when he was racing dirt, has said racing dirt helps him with his craft because it helps him with throttle control. There's guys like Kyle Larson that race dirt uh, saying that it helps them learn different lines of a racetrack at different points during a race. And you say, you, yeah, there's different elements between asphalt and dirt, but sometimes they share the same ones 
I mean, look at asphalt tracks. Temperature changes. Lines, the racing lines change. Which one's the better one? Which one is not, which one's a better one midway through the race? It may not be the same line as when there's like five laps left to go. I mean, at the you know, I, I think I'm with Greg here. Owners are not owners don't like it. Like if we're if we're the owners of these cup teams, we want our cup drivers to do one damn thing, and that's drive a race car as fast as they can. My race car on Sunday, and I really don't like them fooling with anybody else because I never know what they're getting into. But I, you know, I understand that these guys have got to have a little freedom now, and Kyle Larson and drivers like them have really pushed the issue. Look. We didn't know Smoke Johnson was showing up at racetracks on a Friday night after cup practice uh, racing dirt tracks until social media come around. I mean, you know, social media kind of exposed what these guys were really doing uh, with their off time. Chase Elliott's been a very private person, but we have found out enough for him. Any, any, last, any last ordeals before we go to the replacement side of this tactic? One more time. I'll yeah, I mean, to... look, yeah, look, um... Let me make sure. Okay, I'm off mute. Ernie, Ir- Ernie Irvin, back in the, what, 90s, um, got in an accident. Did he not wreck his helicopter or something like that? He was out. Well, Davey died in, so these guys Davey died in a helicopter crash. There was one of them. Ernie Irvin did something where he broke his leg or some shit like that. Um, Ernie hit the wall at Michigan in 94. Okay. And then sustained another right. injury. So in I got him mixed up. So, uh, my apologies. It's okay. Jack Roush has, has uh, crashed two airplanes. <laughs> and that yeah, guy, he's an owner, uh, and he's almost on the way out anyway. Trying to go back to the last driver that got hurt doing something else besides driving. I guess it had to be Tony Stewart in the sand buggy uh, incident. But but where are we going with this talk, Craig? Uh, I mean – I was, and I was trying to compare it to something, and I was off. So, since we're already running behind schedule, we'll just move on. Let's go to replacements. Uh, this should be really easy. Look, um, I, I think I'm on the side with Ms. Lee. I think this could be a little bit longer. I would have taken her approach, not necessarily putting Josh Berry in the car. I think I would have said, okay, Chase, you're going to need as much time as possible. I would have found a driver within the cup garage that could have used a, a, a basically a, 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 a chance at a, at a good ride. Uh, you know, I would probably go to Spire or something like that, maybe third quarter of the joy. Uh, some people have said that Austin Bill from Dawsonville should jump in and be the replacement driver. Did, uh, did Hendrick Motorsports get it right, Miss Lee, by, putting, by bringing Josh Berry up? Absolutely. Josh has raced in the Cup Series before, um, not necessarily familiar with this car, but I think it was a good call. And it also brings in the discussion of Hendrick and uh, Junior Motorsports um, and, and their unspoken alliance. Right. Uh, Taz, replacement. Did they get it right? In terms of talent-wise, I feel like yes. 
in terms of experience-wise, I want to say no. Um, I feel like Allgaier would probably be the better fit. Um, I agree. Only because of this. And I know I personally feel like Barry is more talented than Allgaier. But if you're going to look at cup experience, Allgaier's got a whole lot more than Barry does. Um, only because of the fact, obviously, he's ran through the Cup Series for a couple of years. But I think with, um, I think with Barry, we, this is kind of, I think with Barry moving up to Chase, it's kind of junior uh, nagging at Hendrick in the sense on this one instead of Hendrick making the correct experience call. Um, but I'm not going to knock on Josh Barry because, I mean, we've seen the talent he's got. I just hope that with him running double duty, it doesn't uh, hurt his career any. Yeah, I could definitely see where, you know, this is uh... – Definitely a Dale Jr. Hey Hendrick, uh, this guy's the most hottest free agent. Let's give him a let's give him a, a good one so that uh, we can see what kind of talent he's got, or at least give him uh, that exposure that he needs uh, as he's getting ready for his second step towards the Cup Series. Uh, Craig, replacement. What would you, what would be your idea? What would be your best assessment for a replacement for? I would have went with Algar myself. Experience. Um, Exactly. I mean, and I think that he could, I think he could handle the double duty. Um, He's been in the sport long enough. I think he can handle it. I don't think Josh Berry has the... Uh, mental fortitude, if you will, to be able to handle both, and I think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt Hendrick in in the long run. We'll have to see. Uh, any more discussion on the replacement? Nope. All right. So let's go to the next uh, part and variable of this. And I believe that is the morale of the shop and crew. So, uh, you know, with what Craig just said, look, I want the morale of my crew to stay focused. They're not, they're not, we're not putting the best driver behind the wheel, which means you're probably not going to get the best out of the crew because they're not motivated. And or could you see that maybe this helps the shop be more in tune with each other because of the adversity. I'd like to start with you, Craig. No, I don't think you're going to see the crew be more focused. I think they're going to be more sidelined. Is is Josh going to be able to tell them what they need to know to make everything right? I don't I don't necessarily think so. So I think that the crew and their their mindset is going to be, you know, uh, this isn't working with him. We're going to do the best we can, but 
it's not we're gonna give it all we can. We just hope that he can bring these cars home in one piece. Because I've not caught much racing this year, but the one thing I've not heard a lot of is the um unavailability of parts. So you know, they've obviously got that issue fixed, NASCAR does. So I just hope that, you know, Barry can keep he can bring these cars home in one piece so that way it doesn't start costing because that'll ruin the morale of a team in a heartbeat. I mean look at look at Danica's. I mean I hate to bring her up, but she did she looked like she had a pole stuck up her ass Sunday in every uh picture I caught while we were coming back from Daytona when we made a couple of stops. I'm thinking to myself, she looks constipated. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting the whole show to put that one in there, hadn't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, Taz, what are your thoughts? Morale of the garage better or not so good? I think since the injury, um, I would. Wait, morale and where? The garage. In the shop. For, for, well, yeah, the, his garage, not necessarily the cup garage, but for his his shop, the team. I feel like um, I feel like morale may be down, but they can't get down on this. Um, they can't really be down on it for a while because um, – they have to know that A, Chase is going to come back at some point, and B, they know they have to bring top-of-the-line uh, equipment as much as they can because obviously Hendrick expects um, top-of-the-line equipment ready to go when they hit the track for the weekend. And maybe Hendrick Hendrick probably doesn't expect um, – big results in, for the substitute drivers that are lined up for Chase Elliott. Obviously, basically all but one race is Josh Barry, but um, Hendrick will expect, you know, have the car race ready, top of the line, when you get to the track. So I feel like pressure is on, but not so much because you don't have your star driver behind the wheel. Impact shopping crew, uh, Miss Lee. I I agree with with Taz that the pressure is on because the crew has to work with somebody that they're not familiar with. They have to get comfortable, get him comfortable in the car. They have to get comfortable with their communication, and this is all spur of the moment. But also, the crew's got to be wondering how long is this going to last and how much should we really invest in working on these yeah. issues? Right. That's, that's a good point, Ms. Lee. Because you're going to have a lot of guys who are like, well, our season's done. It's, it's hard to keep a football team or any team, baseball team, when your star player gets hurt. Well, well here's another thing it, you know, you might have you might have some thinking, well, our season's done, 
well, others are going to be thinking, well, we only have to put up with this for a little while. Chase will be back. You know, and and there's a fine balance there. And these guys are professionals. They're going to do what they have to do. Okay. But, you know, there's still that niggling in the back of their minds that, you know, this is it or maybe this isn't it. Well, here's another thing. How long how long is Mr. H going to put up with subpar performances by Josh Berry before he pulls the oh. plug and says, I want somebody else in that car? I think that that's already a done deal, Craig. Like, that's, you know, that's the risk that they take. Like, we've seen that with Ty Gibbs, subpar finishes. Um, we got to think about J.B. McMurray stepped into a substitution car uh, when when Sterling Marlin broke his neck and and then and, and won the race. Um, uh, Kevin Harvick gets in, you know, a setup uh, that that was for uh, Dale Earnhardt at Atlanta and wins the race. Ty Gibbs never was really uh, one to talk about at all during his full time of substitution last year. Uh, no, you know, I guess Mr. H has got to accept that that may be, you know, the case with Barry being a substitute driver. It's not the first time at Hendrick Motorsports that they've had a championship caliber driver uh, injured or absent from the seat. Uh, we we had this situation uh, with Dale Jr. Uh, back in 2016. So, um, and of and course they, they went out for Alex Bowman's career. Right. That's our next where it impacts the sport, right? Great segue with that, Miss Lee. Because this is this is the fun part. Who is impacted the most with Chase Elliott's absence? First, it's gonna be somebody within the own organization, right? So if somebody within the organization that finally said, You know what, that son of a bitch ain't here this week. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best. Right, I'm, I'm outshined by that guy every week. This week, he's not even in the shot. I'm going to make my presence known. And you, know, you know who I think that is? You know who I think stepped off the shadow of Chase Elliott? The damn guy who went out and dominated Las Vegas, William Byron. I believe he stepped out of the shadow this week of Chase Elliott and said, hey, y'all, I'm here. Alex Bowman, he's, he, he's the type of attitude guy. He, 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 he's either completely phased by everything or he is just, he's in his own world. I believe Alex Bowman lives in his own world. He's not really he's not really phased by the superstars that are within the organization because he was young enough when he was brought into the organization. He had driven shitty race cars. He had driven race cars that were not even capable of winning. So giving – just Alex Bowman, the opportunity to work at Hendrick Motorsports, that guy, he's like, okay, I'm, I, I'm good. Like, I, it doesn't bother me that I'm around superstars every day. My name's Alex Bowman. I'm here to drive a race car. As for William Byron, the kid who everybody says, oh, this guy learned how to drive race cars on a, on, on a computer. Like, he didn't even get behind the wheel of a real race car until he was 16 years old. Okay, so, so at this moment in time, Chase Elliott's had a Hendrick contract since he was 15. You know, this, the impact of the sport is, first of all, ratings, right? Some people are just going to be disinterested. The same effect happened when Dale Jr. got hurt. People turned it off. 
We hear about it all the time when Dale Earnhardt died. I quit watching. We understand you quit watching when Dale Earnhardt died, but yet you're still commenting on posts 20 something years later. Right. We understand. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, you know nothing about the sport over the last 20 years, but yet you still find the need to comment that you quit watching the sport after Dale Earnhardt died. Look, it, it's, it's going to be that. But out of all of this, a new phoenix has risen, right? Somebody's going to rise above because now the most popular driver is not in the garage. So that means somebody else in that garage is the most popular driver in that garage. Uh, I mean, that's how we open further it. I want to start with you, Miss Lee. I think you raise a very valid point. And uh, this does allow the other drivers, you know, and, and Alex and Kyle – you know, both have their own claims to fame. So yeah, this could be Willie Dean's time to shine. But I but I do also think as as drivers ratings go, you know, winning races and whatnot, this does give the three of them a chance to prove, you know, who they are as drivers and and that, you know, that they can also post wins and don't have to be the most popular to do it. Pass. The mute button, Pass. Oh, there we go. I got the mute button fixed. So. You good. Sorry, I was trying to, pull, I was trying to get a, um, things pulled up for our later segment. Anyway. Um, shoot, now I forgot I, was, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Willie B's time to shine with Chase out of the way. Yeah. Willie B, uh, maybe. I would say maybe. Um, Kelly. I would say maybe. I don't, I don't entirely know. I would like to say yes, but I'm not entirely sold. I felt like if he wanted to really shine, he would have shined when Chase Elliott was in top form, in a sense. Kind of like how Kyle Larson did. I just... I just... But I do believe we could see more out of Willie B in this instance. And I hope he does shine um, without Chase being there. But right now, I would like to see him shine more when Chase is there. And like I said, similar to how, I don't want to say similar, but something along the lines of like what Kyle did with Chase. Because, you know, it could give Chase Elliott a run for his money at that point. Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Did we lose somebody? Not sure. Okay, so I was waiting for Chris to chime in, or one of you guys. 
I think the time to shine at Hendrick is going to be is going to be Byron for sure. With Chase out, I think he's going to get a, he's going to have a chance to get a lot better equipment or a little more focus on William Byron. And it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to uh See, I don't know if we lost Chris or not. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I, I, I need him. Yeah, I mean, I like, I kind of like what you're saying there because you're not going to give your best of equipment to a guy who could possibly go out there and tear stuff up. So I could see a little bit more focus within Willie B or Alex Bowman or even Kyle Larson, but, but I really, that kind of falls back on the shots and the team. I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on how the sport itself is going to maintain without their most popular driver and who's the who could benefit the most because we're all on this Kyle Busch train right now, right? It seems like the whole sport is kind of on this Kyle Busch thing. So I think the the biggest impact, like I just said a minute ago, there's somebody in that garage now who is the most popular driver that's there. And I would have to but, say, Craig Moore, and you mean you can agree or disagree. I think that guy is Kyle Effin Bush. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we were talking about booing the bow um, for the last couple of weeks. You want to boo it, but how can you? I mean, the guy, has, his attitude hasn't changed. It's still shitty as all hell. Um, he looks, him and Danica could almost be related during interviews because he always looks like he's got a puss on his face. He always looks like he's mad about something. But you can't deny the guy's talent. You can't deny that since he's come to Team Bowtie that he's found a resurgence. And if if he's not voted most popular driver this year, if his string of good luck continues, then you know the damn rigging is voted. Amen. Um, What they should do is have the most hated driver award and the most popular driver award, and whoever tallies up the most votes is actually the biggest deal. Because I believe always Kyle Busch has always been a bigger deal than Chase Elliott. Always. Oh, absolutely. And Kyle Busch does it to himself. Listen, there's an old, and we've all said it, any publicity, even bad publicity is good publicity. If if they're talking about you bad or good, they're still talking about you. So it's worked well for for Kyle Busch. Why stop now? And honestly, I hope to God that this year Kyle gets the most popular driver awards. I mean, look at how things just these past couple uh, tracks we've been at. Look at how people have changed their reactions to him. It's crazy. But it makes me wonder in the sense, it makes me wonder in the sense with him leaving Gibbs and going to RCR and Toyota to Chevy, did we see him finally step out of Gibbs' shadow 
because it seemed like for the longest time that <clears throat> Gibbs um, was ba- basically could have handed the team off to Kyle with how things were looking. And the reason why, one of the reasons why I say that is because Kyle brought in the number 54, at least on the Xfinity side, right? Which opened the, which opened to Ty Gibbs eventually. Um, then we see um, anything in terms of Joe Gibbs or Kyle Busch related. If you go outside of the main NASCAR series, I'll I'll bring up um, some of the e NASCAR stuff like i racing, for example. Gibbs brought the numbers of 18 because Gibbs has had that number for quite a while. Then we also have the 51. So it looked like Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs had this all figured out where Gibbs was to leave the organization. He's going to hand it off to Kyle Busch. And of course, without, and then we saw, of course, how Kyle Busch has acted. Um, But now it seems like Kyle Busch kind of left Gibbs shadow and kind of said, um, I'm just going to go on my own direction and go on my own path pretty much and focus on Brexton when, when time needs to be focused that way. And I'll focus on me when it comes that way, that way. So I'm kind of thinking that something has, people are, didn't want Kyle Bush to step into the Joe Gibbs shoes, I guess. I think it has a lot to do with You know what I'm going to say to that? What I'm going to say to that, and and you're right, Taz, there was that field of thought for a while there. But what I'm going to say to that is Kyle got married. We all know the struggles they had with infertility, but they finally had kids. Kyle Bush today has different priorities than Kyle Bush had even 10 years ago. And when he saw the writing on the wall at JGR, he said, yeah. I'm going to take my toys and play in a different sandbox. One that's going to benefit me, not Coach. Gritty. Thank you, Gritty. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that a, a lot of variables may publish the villain, um, the most hated manufacturer in NASCAR. Has been Toyota since the inception. Um, they've, uh, you know, they've always been the hated. So then you add the driver with the manufacturer, and you know, uh, the bow tie has their own legion, right? They have their own nation, and uh, I think that that was very beneficial for Kyle Busch. I don't know if he would have gotten as warm a reception if he had wound up in a Ford. And now that we're talking about Fords. Let's please move to the next topic because I we have I have talked more about Chase Elliott than I even wanted to. Y'all know I don't even like that guy. 
And I'm not going to say anything else to that because I don't want people to think that I'm a bad sport. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we put 30 minutes into talking about Chase Elliott. Let's talk about SHR. Y'all ready? So, what you got a lot of the guys have done signed up. Well, a lot of the guys have already signed contracts, right? Um, so, there's not, I mean, you know, you got a sponsor who looks like, looks like the sponsor may be gone. Bush, Anheuser Bush. The driver's retiring. And uh, the SHR is definitely in the decline. Shit! Fuck! Fuck! I just got bit. I'm shooting stone. No, no, stop, Cameron. I just got stung. Oh. Well, uh, I guess we can. I just, just got. I just got, I just. I just got stung, y'all. I'm, somebody take over. We got you, Chris. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, I'm. A, I'm gonna jump ahead because we are a bit behind. Let's talk about. Danica in the booth. Taz. Oh, jumping straight to black flag, checker flag already there. Yes, sir. Oh boy, um, I've I've never liked her in the booth. So if we had to put black flag, checker flag on that, it'd be black flag. I'm sorry, she's a sore thumb. Uh, what really? I don't know. I feel like she's kind of argumentative, which is okay in a broadcast booth, but I feel like she just does it a lot. And you can't have that in the broadcast booth because you have to create some sort of good chemistry in order to create a good broadcast. And I feel like her and Boyer kind of clashed heads a lot. At least it seemed like to me anyways. Um, especially when they were talking about the whole Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, uh, incident where Logano caught the wall and spun and got into the grass because Boyer's like, Oh no, it, it went this way. And then, um, and Dan was like, no, it went the other way. And Boyer tried arguing about it, but it seemed like he kind of dropped it and thank God for Mike Joy for stepping in. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But well, Boyer's been married for a long time, so he should know there's no arguing with a woman. You ain't gonna win. Well, Bro. my question to you guys is, what relevance? Thank you. Does Thank Danica you. have? Thank you. Being in a NASCAR booth today. Thank you. None. Because I was gonna ask the same thing. None. She's only having her in a NASCAR. Having her in a NASCAR booth. About this car, she's been out of the field for how many years? You know, I, I've never liked Danica in the booth either for indie races, F one, whatever. I've never liked her in the booth. But but she she seems more fit for indie. Right. (laughs) 
she can tell you how to wreck them easy. Well, she can do that for NASCAR too. But um, I was going to ask the same thing, Lee. What relevancy does she bring? She's not even on the same island. Yeah, she hasn't it, raced in God knows how many years, and when she raced, she wrecked them. Exactly. I brought, I brought that point up. We stopped at a we stopped at a, a watering hole on the way back in a little town called Mims, Florida, and that's where I caught part of this. And I was listening to her, and she sounded like a total buffoon. And I'm thinking right. to myself. She's not even eye candy anymore. They obviously, no. they obviously didn't use enough makeup because the wrinkles and bags under her eyes were horrible. So she brings no relevancy to the sport. She was in there strictly probably to bring up ratings and because she needed a paycheck because, well, let's be honest, she ain't doing much. Right. Well, you can you can argue that for the. Um, I know this ain't Craig's favorite topic about this, but you can you can say that for like the SRX deal too. When she uh, joined Alan Bestwick, uh, not in 22, but in 2021, the first season of SRX. I mean, shoot, she's sitting there I like trying to act like she. I said, Taz, she has no relevance in any racing booth, in any racing series. None. She, I mean, look at, if I look at the, I'm going to look at SRX broadcasts over the last two years, all right? And the most, and I'm sorry, well, I can feel like her and Willie T. Ribs are on the same freaking level. Like, they're way down the bottom basement. I can't see how low that freaking basement goes. And because the most memorable bro- or most memorable races, in my opinion, are the ones with the best broadcast booth. And for SRX, it wasn't Danica. Shoot, I liked having James Hinchcliffe uh, in the booth there. He knew what he was doing. He's, he's feeding off the other broadcasters. Look at um, Tony Stewart, for example, when he was in the booth. He's feeding off of Clint Boyer. He's feeding off of Mike Joy, but still having fun with it. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to know why Fox decided to put her in the booth. What was what was their reasoning behind it? So if we're on black check, black flag, checker flag, if that's where we're at, Lee, um, the black flag definitely has to go to uh, Fox for putting Danica. I don't know what, what they thought in that, but obviously they had a reason. Maybe they felt sorry for her. Yeah, I'm back, guys. I'm back. Y'all good over uh, there? Black flag. No, not really, but I just, just hope I don't have allergic reaction to it. Um, so, uh, I mean, black flag, checker flag, I, there's no way I could ever give a checker flag to Danica Patrick being a broadcaster, except I think she did a really good job at the Indy 500. 
but that she spent 12 years in IndyCar. Like she, she's you know, or that type of style of racing. She only spent a handful of seasons uh, in NASCAR. So I expect her to be a better commentator uh, when it comes to IndyCar than, than NASCAR. She was no good in SRX, and she definitely uh, didn't really. I mean, she had a couple of good points from here and there, uh, but but I mean, it was elementary. So. Um, I would definitely give a black flag to whoever thought that was a good idea uh, to put Danica Patrick in in the broadcasting booth. Uh, I mean, she does have a brand, and she does relate. Once again, NASCAR has yet to be able to uh, develop a new female with the popularity that Danica brought to the sport. No doubt Danica has been the most famous female in NASCAR. And that, that's hands down. So uh, outside of that area, I don't really know what the intentions were uh, with having her in the booth. Uh, so who, where are we at? Where are we at? Who, who's not done black flag or checker flag for this? We're we're in the we jumped straight into black flag checker flag. That's where. Okay. Lisa to jump right into jump right into that. All right. So now that we've done and that, the first topic let's go to, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's do. Let's read this one really quick. This is from Kevin Harvick, and you'll give your black flag, check the flag on what you feel about what Kevin Harvick does. You have to live. You have to. Life happens. That's what I told Chase. Life happens. Just take care of yourself, and you have to be able to go out and live your life and do things to keep yourself sane. Or this deal, in parentheses, NASCAR will eat you up. That's uh, what Harvick said to Bob. Congress uh, of Fox Sports. Black flag, checker flag to what Kyle, Kyle, I mean, what Kevin Harvick had to say. You mean Kyle Petty? No, no, no. This is Kevin Harvick. I, I, I'm, we're off a, we're off a cue on where they were. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, so this is Kevin Harvick. He says, this is what he told Chase Elliott. You have to. Life happens. That's what I told Chase. Life happens. Just take care of yourself, and you'll have to be able to go out uh, and live your life and do things to keep yourself sane, or this deal will eat you up. That's what Harvick said to Bob Pockris that he's told to Chase Elliott. Now, remember as well, Kevin Harvick owns an agency, right, who represents drivers and crew members. Of course he's going to be pro pro driver and, and, and being able to do what he wants to do. Right. How are you going to bring people to your agency if you're not uh, uh, for pro driver liberties? Uh, black flag, checker flag. Oh, did we lose her? Not sure. Go ahead, Taz. Um, you know, I give props to Kevin Harvick. Um, I have to give this a checker flag because even though Chase is worried um, about the team and wants to, you know, stay up to date while he's out. Um, I kind of give Kevin Harvick props and kind of giving him, I guess, this coaching and life, uh, life lesson sort of deal. Because, yeah, you can sit here and worry um, about your race team and uh, your performance, and you can beat yourself up for that too. But you have to sit back and realize um, you yourself is more important 
than um, than just focusing on a race team, you know. So I have to give Kevin Harvick a ticket flag for that. I, you know what, I'll say, I I give I give Harvick props for that, but this rolls back around to our earlier conversation about, you know, what are the limits of what you can do outside of the sport you're performing. Right. Right. All right. Hey. So here, let's flip this. Kyle, Kyle, or I'm sorry, Harvick owns a race team. Would he want his driver off doing things like that? <laughs> right. And now the cue's on the other foot because he does it. So, on the flip side, if he still owned KHI, if his wife wouldn't have took his purse strings away and said, here, let's close this, this uh, uh-huh. money, money pit down, would he have the same, would he have the same view as he has now? So, I have to give him a black flag. He's looking at it from a driver's standpoint. He's not looking at it. He's not looking at it from an ownership standpoint, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. I can take that. Uh, So we've got Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty said this. We praise Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson and all these guys who go out and race six nights a week and wing sprint cars and go-karts and midgets. But God forbid you can't go snowboarding and get hurt. You should get a waiver. I don't care how you get hurt. That's what the medical waiver is for. Kyle Petty. Black flag, second flag. Miss Lee. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hey, you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh. I'm kind of mixed, mixed on that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Another pro driver. Another pro pro driver. Um, Listen, and it's a pro driver who only won eight races in his freaking career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah point. Look at the source. Right. All right. Well, I I'll think that you. most of these are within the yeah within the same realm. Uh, Taz, what, what what are your thoughts like like taking flag on Kyle Petty fifth? I'm in the middle because like in the aspect of if he is given a waiver and wins the championship, I'm going to be in the it's same page as yeah, I'm going to be same page as when Kyle Busch won his other championship when he was given the waiver and whatnot. They're just taking advantage of the system, right? But at the same time, I agree. I mean the I mean you look back at all the claims the waiver claims as Miss Lee just brought up um you look back at all these waiver claims that have been made and you can't sit here and say um you can't sit here and say that if they do get a waiver claim it's not going to get Denied because 
Look at all these injuries slash health deals. I mean, shoot, they even uh, approved waiver claims for age. You know they're going to push this through. And they denied the one, the one and only claims that got pushed through because, A, they missed a race with no sponsors. Something as silly as that. Wow. Who was that? Grant Infinger. Oh, that's terrible. How did they do that? Mobile driver's so dirty. That's a, that's crazy. Like, that's a black flag now, bro. All right, well, that should uh, – anybody else weighing in on the black flag, trigger flag, for what Kyle Petty said? I think that, that's about does it. Uh, that's what they said. Um, we did skip over the celebrity lookalike challenge. Um, I believe I said that uh, Jeff Gordon, looks like Tom Cruise, should probably play him. And uh, Jim Carrey uh, could play Joey Logano. Ron Jeremy uh, could play Austin Dillon. I think you'd like that one, Ben uh, Taz Taylor. And uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger playing Larry Mack. I, I think Cougar would probably have to take his, his hat off. Uh, but uh, between the wrinkles on Larry Mack's face and the bald head, uh, I think uh, uh, Freddy Krueger would probably play a uh, pretty uh, good Larry Mack. I don't know. I'm going to have to – I am I could argue there, but we'll save that for a different day. <laughs> yeah, let's save that for next week. All right. What, is it, what do y'all think about Eric Jones being the possible leading candidate uh, for the four car real quick? If, if Eric Jones is about the only talent left, should, NAS, should SHR go all in? Because the last thing that you want to do is have uh, – a, a stable full of newbies. And I believe if they don't go after a veteran driver, SHR could probably, probably be in a lot of trouble uh, moving forward. I think SHR is in a lot of trouble anyway. Um, but uh, what do you guys thought? is there? in a lot of trouble. And youth, maybe the answer may, may not be, but they've got to be real careful going forward. I've said for years, Eric Jones, the hottest free agent on the market. I'm not understanding why anybody hasn't maximized on that um, and brought them within the organization. Uh, okay, well, I think that it's time to turn it over to Taz Taylor as we warm up the Atlanta preview. Hey, Chris, hit the Magic 8 ball first. Uh, well, we were saving that for next week. No, well, I think we'll we'll the look like was next week. The, well, we, we, need, uh, we need questions for the Magic 8-Ball uh, to work. And uh, we didn't ever get any questions submitted. Um, yeah, let's, 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 let's do that last. And that way I can get a couple of uh, questions submitted while you're, while you're ringing off uh, the early favorites. The contenders, pretenders, and the favorites. All right, so I looked at I looked at some stats and I looked at some odds and kind of I put a few names into the bucket for each category for favorites, contenders, and underdogs. And, of course, whatever names I don't mention, uh, that's where the rest of the 
I guess, rest of the panel, uh, the rest of the co-hosts uh, can throw some names in. Uh, we So basically, I throw in three names in each hat. Everyone else kind of helps throw in names for the remainder, so we can have at least six drivers in each category. So with that being said, we are at Phoenix this week to finish the West Coast Swing. Okay. And I have for favorites right now, I'll tell you. I have Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch listed as favorites. Contenders, I have Brad Keselowski, Chase Briscoe, and Christopher Bell. And for underdogs, I wrote in Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, and Chris Buescher. We'll start off with uh, you, Craig, on any names I may have missed or didn't name for any th- any one of the three lists. Give me those again, because I was typing questions to Chris. So I apologize. All right, so for favorites, I have Harvick, Hamlin, Kyle Busch. Contenders, I have Keselowski, Briscoe, Bell. Underdogs, I have Suarez, Reddick, and Chris Busher. For your first category, you probably should put uh, Chastain in there. I agree. Okay. I think Larson should be a contender. Contender or favorite? Ah, favorite. All right. That's five names. Y'all are sleeping. Y'all are sleeping on Martin Truex Jr., man. Come back, kids. Coming back. I he could be a see, I could see him being a contender. I I agree. Truex can be a contender. I wouldn't say a favorite, but I can say contender. Okay. Well, we'll get him on there somewhere then. We got him on contenders list. Huh? We got okay, we need one favorite. for favorite. We got we need one name for favorite. Three names, or no, two names for contenders and three names for underdogs. Where would you put really Logano? Logano? Ooh, All right. Logano. Logano, I do not have Logano on this list. Oh. I'm asking you guys, where would you put Logano? He is a, if you look at odds, like Vegas odds, he is a heavy, heavy favorite. But if you look at stats, um, he's somewhat, he's sitting along the lines with Kyle Larson. I'm going to read off a few names. Kyle Larson, William Byron, Brad Kislowski. But not like Kevin Harvick, Hamlin, and Kyle Busch. You can easily name like that. But I would not be surprised if he bounces back. So I could see him being a favorite, but I can also argue him being a contender. I I could see him being a contender. Ford's got issues. Remember that. 
Well, that's why I put him in the contender. Well, you can't say Ford entirely. I mean, there's there's been a couple Fords that have shined out. I mean, you can look at Kevin Harvick, for example, who's finished top 10 twice out of the three races so far. Um, RFK, as you mentioned, Chris, at the beginning of the show, um, before Busher had some sort of problem. And they were right there. So I don't think it's Ford entirely. Bubba Wallace is coming off of a top five finish. Why the hell is he getting no respect? All right, so you mentioned Bubba Wallace. Where do you want to throw him there, Chris? I mean, I I would be knocking on the door for at least contender, maybe a favorite. I could see a contender thrown in there. I can see contender. All right, so we have six names for contenders. We still need one favorite and three underdogs. You got to add Tyler Reddy to the underdog. I already did. What about Danger? Ooh. There's not a name for Almondinger in there, but we can throw him in the underdog list. Especially since, uh, oh, this is Phoenix. Wow. Um, one more favorite. Wow, why can't we find a favorite here? Is Kyle Busch you know, a favorite? Okay, yeah, Kyle Busch is listed. You know, I kind of want to look at this again. All right, so I'm going to mention a name, and I hate putting him in there as a favorite, being of his season last year. But take a look at Phoenix at the end of the season. I know we mentioned some blue ovals, but he had the car to beat if it weren't if it wasn't a championship playoff race. He had the car to beat. I think I heard Chris say his name, Ryan Blaney. Yeah, Blaney, man, for sure. I don't know if we can call him a favorite when you compare it to how many wins Kevin Harvick has in Phoenix, but I know it's a different configuration. But, no, uh, I, I, do want, I do want to throw this in there. Ryan Blaney has finished in the top 10 nine times out of 14 starts. And finished in the top five five times. And he does have a decent – if you look at Vegas odds, he does have a decent chance. So, I've, I, like I said, I feel like him and Logano, you can flip-flop between favorite and contender. But I, but based off of last, the last race of the season last year, Logano only won the race because Blaney had to follow team orders because it was a championship playoff race. Because we all know Ryan Blaney had the car to beat last year. For right. underdogs, we need two. We need two more underdogs. Oh, the underdogs should be real easy. Corey LaJoy last year had a really good run at this racetrack. I, I think that he should be uh, mentioned for sure on the underdog side. There's also a guy by the name of Eric Jones 
that I would like to add to that list as well. But I'll give that again to somebody else. Wow. Benny raced last huh? year. There you go. Look at there. He did. He won a championship there. Wow. Right. So we have our like six mentality. favorites. I like Whoa, six that favorites. Is crazy. Six. So I got six favorites, six contenders, and seven underdogs. What if Todd Gibbs were to come back? It's a storyline that that would be after you know winning winning the championship. Father passing away, he races the next. He doesn't race Phoenix the last race of the season of the Cup Series. He comes back to Phoenix for the very first time since the passing of his father, and he wins. That is a hell of a storyline and probably gives Joe Gibbs a lot of breathing room uh, from that forward on. Um, wow. I mean, that's, that, that could be a major uh, storyline. Uh, I'm glad you threw him in there, there, Taz Taylor. All right. We can go around the table again, but is there any other names that we have not mentioned we could throw in any list? We have fulfilled the the minimums. Obviously, Underdog has one more than we needed, but is is there any other names anybody wants to throw in before we pass things over to the the Magic 8-Ball? Where does Suarez fit in? Underdog. And Brad Keselowski as well, right? I mean, this is a I keep thinking I keep thinking we're going to uh Atlanta. I don't, I'm not sure why Brad Keselowski is a contender at Phoenix. Um, he may be on the dog. So I'll read you this stat line. Ready, Chris? Yeah. Twenty seven starts. Eight top fives. Thirteen top tens. He have a poll there. He has led 283 laps, which may not be said much for some of these drivers, but his average finish is a 13.7, which ranks, let's see, one, two, three, I guess we can tell Elliot's a four, five. So his average finish is in the top ten for active cup drivers for this track. Wow, stats stats tell it all. Uh, that I mean, I can't argue with that. And, and look, uh, these, this is a smaller track. I think some of these uh, smaller teams or less uh, funded teams will have a, a, a really good chance at some of these smaller tracks as well. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that uh, how that works out. I'm really excited about this next segment. I can't wait to. I think I think we should keep the Magic Gate Ball within the range of, like, what the preview is, because that's kind of like the Monday's headlines today. But being that we didn't really talk about this, and this is kind of a new subject, we just threw some questions together real quick, and we're going to we're gonna shake the Magic 8-Ball, uh, and, and, and we're going to get these answered. Uh, but I need somebody to read the questions that's been, that's been asked. Uh, can you do that, Miss Lee? And I will tell you the answer. From the hello, it's telling me, hello, master, ask a question and shake the magic eight ball. Ask the question, master. Uh, 
will Chase Elliott be in championship form when he returns? All right, and the eight ball says, better not tell you now. Wow. (laughs) The eight ball says, better not tell you now. Yeah, well, that kind of aligns with what I had to say. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's almost like, how did you, this is the perfect way to begin this. All right, Miss Lee, what's the second question? All right. Second question is: Will Ross win the championship? All right. And the eight ball says, "Come on, come on." Uh, you know, iPhones are great until you until you're doing something. All right, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. Here we go. And it says, "Very doubtful." Ooh. Very doubtful. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Wow, the magic eight ball. All right, what's the third question? Does Austin Dillon make the playoffs? Does Austin Dillon make the playoffs? Magic eight ball, tell us now. Concentrate and ask again. Does does Austin Dillon win win the championship? (laughs) Oh, my God, it's great. As That's I see crazy. it, yes. No, let's throw this thing away. There's no way. That was, that was a, yeah. that's a throwaway no. question. Come on, roll it one more time. You may rely on it, okay? So Austin Dillon. The Magic 8 ball says Austin Dillon is going to be a contender for the championship. Wow. All right, next question. All right, I'm going with Craig. Does Tony win the SRX title again? Does Tony run away with the SRX Series title? Ask him the Magic 8-Ball, and it says, it is decidedly so. These are two positives. There's no way. Come on. (laughs) But we all know it's true. Tony's going to win another championship in the SRX Series. Right. So I'm still still kind of believing the 8-Ball here. What's What's the next question? Uh, will Eric Jones be in SHR equipment next season? Will Eric Jones be in SHR's equipment next season? Magic 8-Ball, tell us, tell us, tell us. Oh, my gosh. Why does it do that? All right. Uh, one more time. It is decidedly so. I don't know. This thing's too positive. So, uh, Magic 8-Ball says it's decidedly so. Eric we need Long a real Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, I'm not too sure about this one. This one's kind of feeling shy, uh, Taz. What's the final question, Ms. Lee? Will Larson versus Bush from Chicagoland happen again in the 2023 season? Huh? So, uh, Kyle versus Kyle? Yeah. Yep. Will, will the there be a Kyle out. versus Kyle in the 2023 race season? You may in rely Chicago on land. But we're not racing Chicago land. No, but it could happen in any other track. Homestead's a good example for one. Uh, we're heading to Vegas again. Course. 
All right. All right. So, last but not least, will Hendrick win at Phoenix? My sources say no. Ooh. Spicy meatball thrown in there. It is. Finally, finally, and something that's, yeah, wow. All right, well, Nate says that is the Magic 8 Balls. I think it's got a lot of work, but it was fun. I got a couple of laughs out of it. I think I need to download a new Magic 8 Ball, though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this one's I think we need the real one. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah. You you do, Chris. If you're gonna do this, if we're gonna make this a segment, you need a real magic eight ball. A real magic eight ball. All right, I'll order one on Amazon. Well, we are up against the top of the hour. It has been a great show. We want to thank all of you guys for listening. Hopefully, y'all catch the race this weekend. Uh, of course, Phoenix is uh, great. Uh, well, we're coming out of the West Coast swing, so uh, this is where the championship will end. There's going to be a lot of data recorded uh, for this race for these guys who are bidding for a championship in 2023. Uh, thank you, Taz Taylor, Craig Moore, Miss Lee. Y'all are great. Hopefully, we covered a lot of topics and we got a lot of cool stuff that we talked about. Sorry about the F bomb. Uh, it's never fun when you get stung by a wasp, especially on your foot. That was painful. Um, Taylor, you want to send us out, man? Sure thing. Thank you, everyone, for listening on to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. If you ever miss us live at any time, you can listen to us on any form of podcast, such as Blog Talk Radio, for example, podpage.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Geosaving, Podcast Addiction, Caesar, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Thank you to our sponsors that make the 110 Nation Roll, Phoenix Fitness, Fair, Bullish Market Talk Group, Carolina Sports Plus, More to Music, Karaoke, and Entertainment, Yellow Caution Flag Productions, and TNT Designs. Thank you so much for listening along to Race Chat Live. We'll see you same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. This is Ben. The caution flag of racing radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ music man, Craig Moore, the mama bear of the 110 Nation, Miss Lee. I'm the caught, I'm the Tasmanian double flaggers, Taz Taylor saying good night. See you all next week. Good night, y'all. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.